0: You mess with the ball. You, you get
1: the horns. The Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network.
0: Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network, emails to Roy at com. We're on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter at the Roy Green Show. And let's go to your calls, Chris in Saskatoon. Hey, Chris, thanks for the call, sir. Hey,
2: Roy. Yeah, um, go,
0: go ahead, Chris. The,
1: yeah, I think the bigger concern here that I'm really freaked out about, as having kids myself, is um, I, I was reading from McKinsey Institute. Uh, they're predicting by 2030... 400 to 800 million jobs are going to disappear worldwide because of automation. Uh, you guys were just saying you like talking to the people at the tilt. That's disappearing no matter how much you like it. Yeah, See, no, you know, I know that. Yeah, you're right. Uh, and it's, it's scary. So all of these jobs that where you do increase the minimum wage, they're gone, Matt. They're gone. It's over. So the real scary part of that is, when the, the company's making stuff like your laundry detergent and all these things, those are, all those jobs are going to be done by robots. Where's the people going to get the money to buy these products? So it's going to have this insane effect on everything. And how are we going to pull out of that? And it's really scary, and it's going to happen really fast. When you have a majority of the people, you've got low-income, middle-income, uh, that's keeping the economy worldwide afloat. They have no money to buy your stuff anymore. So how does that work, man? And I don't have the answer, and when I see guys who like Elon Musk and, and some of these uh, really smart people who can run uh, insanely large businesses warning the world about this,
0: that freaks me out. You know, if we just look back 30, 40 years, and look at the automation that's taken place, even maybe even a little longer, if you go 50 years, and you look at the automation that's taken place, for example, in automotive plants, where the car comes down the line, there's no people there anymore, or not nearly as many, just marginal numbers of people, and the robots are doing and, the welding. The robots are doing so much, and you see that throughout. And and I I didn't know about the four hundred to eight. Did you say four to eight hundred million? That's McKinsey Global. Jobs. Industry, wow. Yeah, yeah I'm going to look at that story. But it, yeah, there's going to there's obviously going to have to be. A significant difference, a different approach. There are countries now looking at a, at a minimum uh, living wage for everybody. If if jobs are just going to disappear to automation, and they will, if jobs are going to disappear to automation, then some other accommodation is going to have to be made to keep people afloat.
1: I, the only way I can see this with my, you know, uh, this poor prediction uh, of capabilities is, is two possibilities in the future here. Either we have a Star Trek world where our universe where robots do everything and nobody needs to work anymore and money is insignificant. It doesn't exist anymore. Or you get this dystopian future where the people at the top who own everything try to cling on to all of that while the majority of people around the world suffer for a while. And then there's a massive revolt. Because how can you possibly keep this going? And with vehicles, man, in 10 years we're not going to be driving anymore. I don't care what anyone says. like All of those jobs are gone. Sammy cabs delivery services. Black Mirror is one of the scariest shows I've ever seen because of how realistic it is. Well,
0: didn't Bill Morneau, Morneau, the finance minister for Canada last year, say that truckers' jobs are going to be gone within a period of years?
1: I have trucker relatives, and they're close to retirement, and they're saying, thank God, because they'd be screwed.
0: Well, it's a bleak picture you paint, my friend, but... um
1: but it's realistic, and we got to prepare for it. Uh, if we put our heads in the sand, man, and don't prepare for this,
0: uh, that—that's that, really. Stupid. Do you get the feeling? I mean, when you when you paint this picture, if I just listen to what you've said, then my feeling is, and maybe I'm too much of a cynic. My feeling is that there are people who are preparing for this, but but you and I are not in their equation. You still there? He's gone. Uh, Basil is in Guelph, Ontario. Basil, you look at uh, the the issue of minimum wage on the premier differently. Go ahead and tell us what it is, please.
2: Well, no, I was just going to say basically that when when she was chatting about uh, those uh, Tim Hortons, and uh, you know what, these the, the the business is business. They've always you know it's been up and down. So when the fuel went up to whatever a buck fifty a liter. They, they, they didn't go after the employees. When the, when the hydro goes up, they didn't go after it. But this was a direct, what, what, what she said was right. What, what, that was a direct hit on the, just the working person. So, so minimum wage has never been easy to go up. But when, when all the prices keep going up, they just add a few cents onto everything that they sell. But the, what they did to those employees, I didn't think that was really a smart. They should have waited a month or two and they could go and say, "Okay, our bottom line changed. We didn't make as much money. Blah blah blah." But to stick it to the day, that was wrong.
0: That's an interesting point. That's an interesting point. Well,
2: but the, but know, the, the, but like but it,
0: but, it, but it, let me finish. But but, to, but, wanna, but Basil, let up. me finish. Their expenses and their projections for the next three months, six months, they would significantly change on the first of January, or they would be preparing for that leading up to the first of January.
2: Yeah, but Roy, Roy, who's to say that? Uh, when when a person earns an extra dollar or two, they don't produce more. So who's to say really yet that it was a negative effect? You
0: well, you you, you, heard, you you heard you um, heard uh, Dan Kelly and what the small business community is saying. Their concerns are, and that there's going to be a huge job loss. Bank of Canada says sixty thousand. And when I saw, and this is this surprised me, when I saw that the restaurant sector in Ontario, and it's somewhat different in each province. But the Financial Post story says that their margins, their profit margins, are 3.24 percent. If you then start to increase their costs by roughly the same or potentially even more, you're really uh, you're you're really heading toward a collision of uh, business and opportunity.
2: Yeah, but they also say that two percent of the cost, technically, uh, all, all the the goods would have to go up two percent. Well. So you you,
0: do you do you do you disagree then with with any negative response from the business community to raising the minimum wage, or do you disagree with the speed with which it was done?
2: Well, you know what, it might have been better to maybe go a buck a year or something. Like, I I don't, I don't work for minimum wage, but I understand there is a lot of people out there, and they're the ones who are really going to get that extra hundred bucks a week, and and. And you know what? Yeah, but some businesses in, can't in,
0: afford that if they've got, you know, if they have five or six employees, and they're and right, but, but they're going to the cut. Somebody's going to probably go.
2: But where's everybody going to eat? What do you mean? Well, you're still going to have to go out and and eat. I, I mean, people, you're not going to close every restaurant and say everybody. No, does. no, you're not
0: going to close every restaurant, but some jobs will disappear. Hey, thank you for the call, Basil. We, uh, we we just see it slightly differently. Ron is in St. Catharines, Ontario. How are you, Ron? I'm good, Roy. Thanks
1: Take my
3: call. Yes, sir. Go uh, ahead, please. What about this? I'm going to throw this out there. I understand both sides of this uh, debate here, but uh, there's a lot of people that are single-income families, single mothers, single fathers. These are, they're paying taxes. They need to buy drugs. And there's also a lot of kids and students that are working for minimum wage my idea is, why don't you have a? Uh, this might be a little discriminatory. That's the only problem. Why don't you have? You know, uh, depending on how many dependents you have, or if you're if you're a single mother or single father, you get the fifteen dollars, and the kids and the people who just work a part time, they stay at eleven fifty. Maybe there's a minimum and a maximum of a minimum wage. I don't know if that's opening up another calendar. you know it's
0: interesting because that's been uh, that's been suggested and it was suggested in an email last weekend and when Dan Kelly was with us then I asked him about that and the email suggested exactly what you're saying if you're a student and you're working in the summertime maybe you shouldn't be getting the 14 or 15 dollars an hour because you're living at home and you're essentially you don't have a lot of expenses to uh, that you have to meet well, exactly. but the single the, the single parent who's working maybe two jobs, and trying to uh, and trying to make ends meet, maybe that person gets the f- the fourteen or fifteen dollars an hour. That's I, that was suggested. I,
3: you I, know, there's a lot of unskilled people out there, yeah. it's for no fault of theirs, yeah. and immigrants and so forth, that they have families and they and they still need to try to improve the quality of life. Yeah, and they just can't do it on eleven bucks an hour. Right? Yeah. Just, yeah. So that's just a thought. I don't know if that's... No, oh, good, good, good call, Ron. Yeah. What?
0: No, no, good call. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. All the best. We're going to wrap it up with William, who's in Toronto. William, please go ahead, please. Please go ahead, please. Yeah, anyway.
3: Uh, I agree with what you said. Some jobs are just not worth uh, the amount they're paid, especially at Tim Hortons, uh, $15 for what those people do, and you don't do it well. It's just not worth it, and there's a lot of internal problems with Tim Hortons as well because the franchisees are... Uh, have an eight hundred million dollars suit against their parent
2: company. Well, we
0: just let's 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 back it up because we only have a couple of seconds. What I yeah. said, what I meant to say was, and what I said was, certain jobs are only worth a certain amount to the employer, yeah. and there's no way of getting around that. You cannot get around that. That's just the reality. And if they have forced to pay more for that job, that job is going to probably be dis- disappear because they'll split it up. Uh, th- The three jobs that they may have had, three people doing that particular job, will be split up and it'll be two people doing that job. Thank you very much for the call, William. We will come back right after this.